Alrighty, welcome back everybody. We're so excited to have you again for another Healing the Heart to Heart Connection podcast. We have with us, as always, Tracy Turner Kaiser, who is a licensed clinical mental health counselor, supervisor, board certified dance movement therapist, and board certified telemental health provider. And today we have a really special guest. We have Allie with us, and Allie's been working with Tracy and has some very unique perspectives that she's going to share with us today. So welcome both of you. Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah. So Allie, I'm going to let you go ahead and just kind of jump in here. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, we have been talking about how, how people like me, I have a very bubbly personality and some people and that's just them. Like for me, I have a very outgoing bubbly personality. I'm always like trying to help people and be happy and stuff. But also some people use that as a defense mechanism and um, to where they try to help, try to use it to help themselves kind of like to protect themselves a little bit. Just try to like hide what's happened to them because they don't, they either don't want to talk about it or they are just scared with other people will have to say about it. Yeah. So, so what I hear you saying, Allie, is that you're, that you're, that part of your bubbly personality is about it's kind of like hiding behind that so you don't have to really let anybody into how you're really feeling or how hurt or sad you might be feeling mm -hmm. yeah I think that's really good to notice that yeah Allie, can you give us a little bit of background about what your particular situation is as far as your family dynamic sure so I have my little sister who is my biological sister we went into foster care when I was seven, I think, and she was like five. Five, yeah, um, probably. We, mm -hmm. we, the, for the first foster house that we went to, it was my aunt who we didn't really, we didn't know was my aunt, but she's not biologically related to us, but she was married into the family, into our family. So we stayed with her for like a year and a half, and then we went with a, another family and then we were only there for a couple of months and then that's when we came here with my mom and dad and uh and that and now everything's great and it's <laughs> wonderful it's very very fun <laughs> yeah so that's where your bubbly personality is really to your benefit right it's like mm -hmm. you're able to kind of go with hey this is great i can move into this and i'm going to jump right in and kind of like you know go with the flow whereas i think your younger sister struggles a little bit more with that as she's been a little bit she's letting the the trauma that you haven't really given us a lot of detail about which is fine you haven't really but it affects each one of you a little bit differently right mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, i would say that my little sister does handle it very differently than i do she has a, uh, she, I, I, she just has a different way of handling things than I yeah. do. Like we, she handles things a lot differently than I do. Like not just like our trauma, but like with a lot of things that we do, like in the house and stuff, yeah. she just takes things in differently and then she just reacts to them in a different way. Yeah. So I think that's where your, uh, your, um, your tenacious kind of bubbly personality has been useful to a certain extent, but how has it, how would you, what would you, what advice would you give kids about, about that defense mechanism that might be useful and might not be so useful? Um, well, I do think that it depends on the person and how their past affects them now. Um, for some people that might find that being bubbly and trying to 
hide some of the, I don't want to say the bad parts of like what happened to them, but stuff that has happened to them, they are trying to hide it. And some people don't want to do that. So they just kind of, they can either like lash out or they have bad behaviors because of it. And then some people decide if they want to do a bubbly personality, it can help them a lot to where they can meet people and then when they get like closer with those people then they if they feel comfortable you can talk about what happened and all that stuff and it can help you it can kind of help you find a balance kind of between of like being bubbly and then being like serious of like what actually happened and stuff like that with your friends yeah, so finding that genuine ability to be authentic and genuine. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that took you a little while. I think you've done some really good work in therapy around kind of like, um, I remember when I first saw you, you were like, you were bubbly, but very cautious and very defensive and unwilling to talk about anything, right? Yeah. Do you remember? And, and yeah, then, I was a very closed off person. Yeah, yep. So what shifted? What made that different for you? I don't know. I just think um, after everything we've, I have been through, I just felt I probably I think that I had like built a wall around it to where it yeah. was just like sectioned off in like a closed off space in my brain to where I just didn't want to think about it if I didn't have to. And I didn't want to speak about it if I didn't have to. But I think with therapy, I have learned to accept what happened to me better and Mm -hmm. learn to be more comfortable about talking about my feelings, which I don't like to do very well. (laughs) But um, I have tried, and I'm still trying to get that worked out and everything. But I also think it has to do a lot with my family um, and how they were very welcoming and how they understand and they accept what I choose to do. And it's very helpful. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think, yeah. So, Allie, I'm curious, what is your relationship like with your friends as far as, you know, are they aware of things that you've been through? How does, how does that come up within your, your circle of friends? So, at the school I go to, I go to a theater school. So, it has lots of dance and acting and shows and stuff more than rather than mm-hmm. sports and stuff like that. We do have gym, but we don't have like a gym like a gymnasium or anything. We just do gym class outside if we sign up for it because at my school, it's not required. So at my school, I feel people act different at my school. Um, maybe it's just because that's how they are or maybe it's just how the school has shaped them to be because they, I can tell when people talk, they put a lot of more emotion and stuff into what they're talking about than if you would go to like a regular public school. Mm-hmm. So for my friends, I don't have like, I haven't, met that like best 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 friend yet like I have very close friends at my school some of them are closer than others but my friends like my friend group circle it's not very big like I know I know lots of people because like I would do I do shows and stuff like the plays and musicals and stuff like that so I do have to build a relationship with those people but I don't necessarily build a very strong connectional relationship with them as if I would with like my close friend group circle. So most of my friends. Yeah, go for it. Just thinking about when you were talking about most of your close friends, thinking about like, so you're able to really make a distinction between the friends that are kind of like good, they're friends, but they're not like close friends. Right. And then you have your deeper friends. And so I'm kind of curious as to 
So when you're close friends, like there's a difference between a really close friend asking you about like your life and mm -hmm. someone that you just sort of know asking you about your life, right? Is there a difference? And how does that feel to have someone try to relate to your, your background as far as being adopted and having been in foster care and having a trauma background and so forth? Um, I find it very, um, when people say that they can relate to me, I don't know anyone else. Like, I don't know, I don't have a relationship, like a friendship or any with anyone that I know who has been in foster care or who has been adopted. It's just, I, it's just me. A lot of my friends, like their parents, like go through divorces and stuff like that. And then they are like, they go and they have all like that stuff. But I don't know anyone who has been adopted like I have or who mm -hmm. anyone who has had the same sort of like similar to what I have I have yeah. so how does it feel to have them think that they can relate to you well like when my with my friends I understand how some of them can relate to me but other times I feel like they're just trying to say that they can relate to me to make me feel better mm -hmm. um, which I I totally understand that they're not trying to like hurt me or they're not trying to be uh, sympathetical to where I just to where they think that there's something wrong or something like that I do feel I don't feel mad at them or anything I just want I just my friends don't normally do that but there are a couple times where they will do that but mm -hmm. I just wanted to like put it out there to because some people do do that and then it gets yeah. nervous but they have to talk about it like talk with their friends or the people who are doing it to help them understand and then help you understand why they were doing it yeah, so I think you bring up a really good point. And we remember you and I had talked about kind of coming up with what's the elevator speech, right? Of what you can tell people about who you are and what you're all about without having to give a lot of detail. So, so I think that there would be, it's be an interesting topic to talk about next time on the next podcast, Allie, about mm -hmm. how, do one, how does one create elevator speech and how, does, how do you handle when people ask you, oh, are you, you know, when you say, oh, I'm adopted or, or how do you handle that? Because I think a lot of I think a lot of kids feel really they have mixed feelings about being adopted and knowing how to handle that because that's not that's not uh, common necessarily. A lot of kids have been adopted, but it's not not a real like you probably only have one or maybe one yourself or someone else in your class that have been adopted, right? Yeah. So it's not like well you have a lot more kids whose parents might have been divorced or they're living with their grandparents or. Yeah, there's a lot right? more of like people's families have been divorced or they just live with one parent mm -hmm. or they live with their grandparents or stuff more at my school. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know anyone who's been adopted. Right. But, um, when I tell like my friends that I have been adopted, like one of my one of my friends, she was like very excited. Like she was very happy for me. And I just thought it was super sweet that they were very caring and kind and nice and they yeah. didn't make fun of me or anything about it. Yeah. So. Cool. Thank you. So as, as you, you know, you mentioned early on that your, your sister handles things differently. How do you, as big sister, how do you help her navigate some of the challenges that she's going through being a little bit younger than you are? With me and my sister's relationship, I try not to do things to where she thinks that I'm being bossy towards her because she doesn't take that very well if she thinks that I'm being bossy towards her. So I try to, I try to help my mom. Like if my mom tells me to do something with Lily or if my mom tells me to tell something to Lily, I do that. Or I try to help my sister the best ways I can without her 
thinking that I'm being bossy or being mean towards her because I don't I don't want her lashing out and I don't want her having like a episode of where she just like is very mad at me or something or she doesn't want to speak to mm-hmm. me or something like that so I do try my I do try to do things with my sister do things with my sister like if I like watch YouTube or something with her I try to do that with her and I try to make sure that she's okay sometimes I always used to being like her mom figure so I'm oh. still trying to figure still trying to get myself out of that stage so that I'm Good. being yeah. a figure for her. Good job. Because that's important. And that's, that's a whole nother topic in itself too, is how do uh, siblings who come together into a family not continue on the roles that they had when they were in their foster care or trauma situation, right? And so mm-hmm. like, and so I think you've done a really good job of recognizing that, hey, I'm not her mom and I'm not responsible for her anymore. And then recognizing that your younger sister sometimes can still get upset with you because you're not there as that mom figure. And she mm-hmm. has to really work hard to, to, to allow your guy's mom to be that mom figure. So those are all really good topics. You've brought up a lot of really good topics to to continue to talk about. So I'm just curious, Allie, if you have any kind of like final words for as far as this podcast goes that you want to let kids know about. Um, I do want to like let people know that it is okay to tell people you're adopted and people your story and stuff if you if you feel like you trust them enough to do that. I I want people to know that they don't have to hide anything. Yeah. I want to make sure I want people to know that they don't have to hide behind like a sort of like a mask or something. And like, I don't want to say like in a mean way, like put a fake face on to people. So that way they think that nothing's wrong or that you've had like a perfect life and everything. I just want people to know that it's okay to talk about it because I know I find it hard to talk about my feelings. I'm still trying to work on that, but um, you've done an amazing job. You've done an amazing job of going from not talking at all to really being able to be here on a podcast talking about it. So yeah, I know. know. Well, Allie, you're an incredible young woman and, you know, I'm excited that you have made such strides and clearly the work that uh, you've been doing with Tracy is helping move you beautifully along and I can't wait to dive in some more. Thank you for joining us today. Tracy, any final words for other kids who might be in a similar situation that Allie and her sister found themselves in as they transitioned into their their family? Yeah, good 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 questions and I think Allie t- touched on it really well and I think there's I hear three different topics that we can go delve into more as as we do further podcasts and the defense mechanisms how, how and Allie's message was, don't hide behind that. Allow yourself to be able to talk about things. Um, knowing how to trust. How do you develop that trust so you know who to talk to and who not to? And really feeling that that comes from your connection with your mom. And then just being able to kind of develop how do you authentically and openly talk about your past and being adopted without having to give gory details or have it be a drama thing. So, and those are all things that you and I are working on. And I think, you know, you're doing an amazing job and it's really an honor to be working with you, Allie. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. This was yeah, fun. absolutely. <laughs> well, we're we're going to do a lot more. So uh, we will uh, get those scheduled and, and have some deeper, deeper fun chats. But thank you to both of you for Allie. Thank you for sharing 
and being, being so open because that is not an easy thing to do at any age, but particularly as a, as a young woman, that's, that can be challenging and you're, you are doing it beautifully. And Tracy, as always, your, your insight and, and the care that you take with your families and, and the children is amazing. So just love, love being with both of you. That's all we have for today. This is again, the Healing the Heart to Heart Connection podcast, where we are talking with children and families with complex developmental trauma and reactive attachment disorder. We look forward to you joining us again for our next episode. In the meantime, be well.